This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Olivia Haidar. And we are your hosts today for... What I thought was going to be the first of several episodes. Yeah. And then. A multi-parter? Yeah. And instead, it's going to be one episode about one of the most disappointing conspiracy theories <laughs> I've ever looked into. You mean one of the absolute dumbest things I've ever yeah. invested hours into? And like, I know we've been hitting up against that a lot lately on this show. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you listen to enough episodes, you know. There are plenty of conspiracies that come across my desk, so right, to speak, right. that after looking into them, I'm like, yeah, that probably happened. Yeah. Conspiracies happen. And this isn't one of them. Oh, no, absolutely not. This- and anyone who really cares about this topic <laughs> should be able to look into it enough to know how much bullshit this is almost immediately. Oh, and like- it makes me angry that the people who push this theory don't. I, I, it just, it's unfathomable to me to find any aspect of this theory appealing as right. like on an intellectual level, uh, because it, it is presented in such, uh, an intellectually sloppy way. And it's, I should, before we, yeah, coming in hot today, <laughs> I should mention we're talking about the idea that Stanley Kubrick, one, helped film the fake moon landing right. footage it was fake but he just didn't help film it right exactly <laughs> and two that after that experience it compelled him to spend the rest of his career embedding symbology relating to an illuminati agenda to push a transhuman agenda on the world and that is that is the reasoning that they say it's because of his experiences that's with the one of my immediate concerns with this conspiracy is there it just goes from okay well stanley kubrick filmed the moon landing footage to the illuminati is the one who made him did it <laughs> the one who made him did it yeah the one who yeah. made him do it and they are now like he then spent the rest of his career trying to tell us that the illuminati is secretly controlling the world and he did this through secret occult symbols placed all throughout his movies and here's the thing those symbols are in his movies but when well but when you get into the symbols they're talking about they're symbols you see all over the place and that you would especially (laughs) see in the type of movies he's making there's just there's just such an inherent logical leap that needs to be made from 
Stanley Kubrick is a guy who included symbolism in his movies for richer thematic effect to Stanley Kubrick is a guy who included symbols in his movies to lead to this extremely specific conspiracy theory as a way right. of warning or guiding. And it's it's one of those things where even I could buy the idea that while Stanley Kubrick was filming 2001 A Space Odyssey, yep. the government could have come to him and been like, look, if this doesn't work out, we want to show people something to go along with what they're hearing. <laughs> so just whip something up. That doesn't mean there is an Illuminati agenda to control the world. I, I want to. I do want to say, like, this is one immediately where this theory starts to fall apart, right? It, and I, I let me say one more yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I I want to add to that that I don't think there's any evidence that Stanley Kubrick no. was ever asked to film fake moon landing footage. <laughs> Absolutely not. But that part is the kind of like fun stunt the government would get up to in the 60s sure like i guess there's but even that falls apart if you right apply even the slightest bit of pressure to it like for instance when there's no indication that when are they saying the moon landing was shot in in relation to the development of 2001 a space odyssey during <laughs> they're saying it's literally during, during because like one of so the they're theories just sitting on it and then he goes, they go to the moon in 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I feel like if that's when they're shooting the moon landing, uh, I don't know. It just seems like maybe people would notice uh, that this movie that just came out last year has the same moon <laughs> as uh, the actual moon landing. Yeah, and why not just fake the moon landing while you're up there filming 2001 A Space Odyssey? Exactly. Anyway, I mean, look, on the moon is, already. Right. This is the whole thing. And here's the thing. That Logical joke, leaps. That joke I just made yeah. is a joke in the article, the comedy article, <laughs> that kicked off this entire conspiracy theory. Oh, wait. This, this isn't legit? Can you believe it? I'm shocked. This is less than legitimate and that's that because we're going to talk about one specific person who pushes this theory uh later in this episode yeah. and that's my problem is that if you're writing a book about stanley kubrick being approached by the illuminati to fake the moon landing in 2014 which is when this book was written you have to mention the fact that the genesis of this theory is a usenet humor group article from 1995 now you know that may be the case uh but that doesn't mean it doesn't raise some fairly valid points regardless <laughs> of whether or not it was originally intended for humor it's a good point <laughs> great point and we'll link to it on the website on unpops.com and it basically is the entire theory it says that nasa it just doesn't say the illuminati right it says NASA approached Stanley Kubrick and was like, hey, film some moon landing stuff. And that because of that, he figured out that there was this Illuminati involvement and then went on to plant all these Illuminati symbols and fake the moon landing. The moon landing thing. I think it's, it's mostly the moon landing thing that right. comes up in this article. And one of, again, we'll link to it. You can go read it. At one point, it mentions that some of the moon landing scenes were filmed at the Sea of Tranquility, mm, yeah. but that Stanley Kubrick wasn't there because of his fear of flying. Famous famous fear of flying, Stanley Kubrick. 
Now, if you have not even a basic understanding of space geography. Right. Well, the Sea of Tranquility, it's what, in, in Spain? I would uh, imagine, or France? The Spain region of the moon. <laughs> it is on the fucking moon. So this article was making a very obvious joke saying, yeah, yeah they even filmed some of it on the moon when they faked right. the moon landing. And it's like... What bothers me about the existence of this article is when you get to people like Clyde Lewis, who is apparently one of the proponents of this theory. Yeah. He cited this article in his research. Which we should say is from the Usenet group alt.humor.best of Usenet. Yes. It is a 1995 humor article on Usenet. Great. And it even, like, it has that passage, which is an obvious joke. Right. And it, like, you can just, you can read from the tone. It's the kind of comedy you saw on the internet yeah. all the time in the mid to late 90s. It's like fake onion. Yeah, because no one had any reference point for what to do right. as comedy on the <laughs> internet other than write fake fucking articles. Yeah. And they were everywhere. And this was one of them, and it is literally where this conspiracy theory kicks off. And yeah. if you if you dispute that, then tell me why Clyde Lewis, prominent uh, apologist for this theory, cited it in his presentations about it. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I'm sorry, this is just it's and, it's insane. And if you're writing a book about it in 2014. Where is this information? Yeah, you mentioned it. Even, like, put it in the dumb framing that I just gave of, like, yes, this is a humor article, but it really opened some minds to the possibilities or whatever. And that is, I, I kind of, I, I think that's sort of the approach the author is trying to, to claim he's taking, but... No, you're not. No, that, if you're if you, like you're being dishonest, he can claim what he wants, but he is just straight up uh, ma like propagating this stuff. And and he'll he'll say and we should point out the book is called The Kubrick Code. Yeah. And it's by a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Pretty prominent conspiracy theorist. I suppose so. Uh, I guess. How can you even tell? Named Isaac Weishaupt. Yeah. And. He wrote a book. He made a video. There's sure an did. audio book. I paid money for this movie. I'm so sorry. And I, this is the kind of theory I want to believe. <laughs> like, I want to believe people are sending secret messages in movies. <sighs> and this, it, the theory covers so many movies. Like I said, I went into this like, man, daddy needs content. <laughs> We can do an episode about every fucking movie. Oh. And no. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. And it's. It's all bullshit. Like, it's just so on its face bullshit. Yeah, it's immediate bullshit. He doesn't even real like, at least, you know, I watched the movie, you read the book. And in the movie, he does not even, like, his narration does not sound, uh, what would be the way, that, like, omniscient at all. He's not. He never uses declarative language during this documentary. Right. It's always like, you know, this is just a thought and not, you know, I don't know. Or like he literally at one point says, does this have any occult significance? No, uh, I don't know. 
but uh, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about. <laughs> like, yeah, and why? Yeah, then what's the point of including it in your fucking movie, dude? Right. <laughs> and how is that significant enough to include, but not the fact that people who have famously pushed this theory in the past were citing a comedy article in their work? Like, yeah. how do you leave that out? And it, And when he starts the book, one of the... I guess techniques he uses (laughs) is he'll say something like, now let's look at this from the perspective of a conspiracy theorist Uh looking for Illuminati symbolism in Stanley Kubrick movies. It sounds very scientific. And, and like, he's trying to like kind of distance himself from what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Like he's sort of mocking it, but he's not. (laughs) Well, it's absolutely this, just total weaselly like cop out that he does constantly throughout uh this all of this stuff is uh he'll put something out there as someone said that blah 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 and i guess if you think about it this way and like most of the time it'll be this outright illegal slanderous (laughs) shit about like there's a one point where he talks about like you know, and some people. Uh, it, it, there's it, it's often said that uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, wanted to work with Jack Nicholson uh, because of his known involvement with child sex rings and that sort of thing. And you know, I don't know, uh, but that's definitely something that people say. And I'm like, that is fucking <laughs> straight up <laughs> illegal. That is that if you if Jack Nicholson ever somehow found this fucking thing yeah like you would get sued into oblivion for even it doesn't matter how many black text on white block things saying fair use that you put up or how much or how much you couch it in well some people say blah 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 if you're paying like charging money for you talking about jack nicholson being a sex pervert like that's fucking slander that is awful (laughs) it really it Happens a bunch, and you know, obviously, mostly happens to about Stanley Kubrick, but like, it's just always fucking gobsmacking every time. I'm just like, this is you. Why are you saying like this is so illegal? Holy shit! Yeah, and it. I don't know. I just i i don't like. I i feel like stuff like this is again going back to the idea that what if yeah the government because there's there's another mockumentary about this right and i i want to say it's called operation avalanche something like that uh let me let me look it up and we will fucking pause well i'll just say that you looking it up is you putting more effort into this podcast than (laughs) this guy put into his entire fucking book and movie so (laughs) like uh good on (laughs) you operation avalanche i haven't watched it uh, but it is, it's a mockumentary also, because what, one of the things we're going to talk about next, the other starting point for this theory is a fucking mockumentary yeah. that was made with the participation of Stanley Kubrick's <laughs> yeah. family. And which is also so obviously a joke. Very obvious. It looks like fucking best in show. It really does. And like the fact that Kubrick's estate was involved is just like. Yeah, they're making fun of you assholes. Like right. this is a joke. They're saying, "Yeah, no, this is all ridiculous." And the the this Operation Avalanche movie, I haven't watched it, but the oh, yeah. that guy's just an actor. 
I yeah, that's the thing. The basic premise of it, it's a it's a movie. Right. It's, uh, I think basically a comedy film. But the basic premise is at one point while Stanley Kubrick's filming 2001 A Space Odyssey, NASA comes to him and is like, we're not going to be able to land on the moon. We're up there. Right. But we're not going to be able to land. We need you to film the footage that makes it look like we landed. And that is something like if you want to find me some government documents about that, we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have. But what stuff like this does, even if what I'm getting at is because I'm sure there are people out there who are like, no, but there are there's evidence you haven't seen. Fine. Sure. I haven't seen it. But what stuff like this book that came out in 2014 does is discredits any fucking element of that idea to where it, like I bring up nine 11 all the time where the government is going to be more than happy to let you focus on George Bush did nine 11. Then the fact that Saudi Arabia maybe did nine yes. 11 <laughs> maybe. And you know, only because the majority of the hijackers yeah, were, no, I mean, Saudis and Saudi intelligence did have contact with the hijackers at one point before nine 11, but <sighs> it's all that's circumstantial. All, that's all. Nothing else pointing to their involvement. They're going to be more than happy to let all of your fucking loose change documentaries absolutely run unfettered as long as you don't ask about what's really. In another example, have you seen Wormwood? Uh, no, not yet. I, we've talked about it in the past. Yeah, it, it's the same idea. It's the idea that the the government embraced the idea of. Yeah, we gave that guy too much acid and he freaked out and jumped out a window. Sorry. Yeah. When there's a lot of evidence that points to they threw him out a fucking window because he was going to reveal a lot more than the fact that he'd been secretly dosed with LSD. But in that, you see a real life example of the government going, all right, yeah, that's the story. (laughs) You want to think he jumped? Yeah, fine. We'll pay you money. We'll let, well, they let him meet the fucking president. Yeah. They let his family meet the president and they were like, yeah, sorry, we fucked up. But it, there's also a lot like watch the documentary. They yeah. make a compelling case that he didn't jump and he was fucking murdered because he was going to be a problem. And the CIA had training manuals on that shit back then. Yeah. So who knows? CIA does shady shit on the daily. Yeah. So what we could be seeing in 2014 is just the continuation of the government's effort to discredit this one idea by saying Illuminati. Like, at this point, I'm deep enough into this podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if the Illuminati is literally a United States government intelligence operation. Uh-huh. Like, the idea of the Illuminati yeah. is the government wanting to put a fucking scary monster out there that is so intimidating, you think, well, it doesn't matter what happens at the government level, because the Illuminati, dog... Yeah. Like, you're never going to get to them. <laughs> and the government's like, yeah, yeah, you sure aren't. Oh, no, it's I out, know. out of our hands, oh. man. The powers that be, am I right? <laughs> the unseen hand, baby. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as always, I don't know about all that. But, like, I do think that the moon landing thing, the idea of them coming to him because they couldn't finish the job, it would be, I would ha- not have too much trouble believing it if there was any evidence whatsoever oh, sure. to support it. That is the that is the key problem with that entire thing is it is pure fiction. It's just made up as it's like it's like fan fiction for historical right. figures. It's like what if 
Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. Right. It's like a Marvel mashup. And then what this does is if that evidence were ever to be presented, this theory exists mostly in this form now where people are going to see that evidence and still be like, right. So what? Like, so what they asked him, like they didn't, we landed. Well, and I think also this kind of comes down. This is a thing that I think a lot about the JFK conspiracy as well. Uh, I have such strong feelings on it, but go on where I think after this much time has passed and the ramifications of these historical events have already been shaken out or are in the process of shaking out and that sort of thing. I don't think it matters at all. No. Whether or not the CIA murdered John F. Kennedy or whether the moon landing was fake, it doesn't matter. We've been to space. We know we've been to space now. Right. Like, we have concrete proof. We've sent probes to Mars. We've we've had people living up in the space station for years. Yeah. Like, we've brought moon rocks yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have definitely gone they to the moon. They turned out to be subs- spiders. They right. infected our oh, astronauts. I, oh, I am well aware about the lo- tragedy of the lost Apollo 18 <laughs> mission. <laughs> Thank you. Never forget. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like... It's, at a certain point, it's just like, who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. It's the same with, like, who cares if Bush did 9-11? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, it, yeah, it kind of does does not matter at this point. because we've already fucked up the Middle East and all that shit is real shit that we actually have right. to deal with. We It doesn't matter who actually did 9-11. It was done and things were done in reaction to it, regardless of who, what the actual cause was. Yeah. Uh, and I understand it on, like, on some level, but, like getting obsessive about it is just stupid and like unhealthy at a certain yeah. point. And like, even with JFK, that's one where my favorite theory about the JFK killing or the death of JFK, there's a documentary called JFK, the smoking gun. Right. And it's made by, there's this famous reenactment that people cite all the time as it relates to Lee Harvey Oswald being able to shoot, to being able to fire those three shots. Right. And people always cite that when CBS did this reenactment in the late sixties, someone was able to do it. Yeah. And they cite that as proof that Lee Harvey Oswald would have been able to fire those three shots. The part people leave out is that guy, the, the guy who was able to do it. The one guy they brought in so many people <laughs> to try this. And one guy was able to do it. He found it so difficult. He was convinced Lee Harvey Oswald probably didn't do it alone. And he spent the next 20 years of his life just examining the ballistics evidence in the JFK uh, assassination. And the theory he came up with is that Lee Harvey Oswald was there and fired two shots. And the shot that killed JFK was fired accidentally by a Secret Service agent yeah. in the motorcade behind him. And I think we've definitely talked about this, but yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, and that's... Uh, sure. Like, if that were to be revealed now, like, so what? Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald like, still tried to kill the president. Like, yeah. Everyone's still, uh, right in that in that case. And in fact, it could, on a like ontological level, be argued that he did kill JFK because that crisis wouldn't have emerged at all if he hadn't fired those shots. And it also makes a lot of logical, it's the kind of government cover up I can live with. It's the kind that happens. Because why? Like if you, 
the the documentary ends basically talking about that secret service agent and how it like wrecked his life yeah and like imagine being that that guy right that accidentally fucking killed jfk <laughs> yeah. and it stands to reason that the government would be like lee harvey totally. oswald did it alone and it doesn't really materially affect the outcome of events yeah we still had the like i can't imagine how n- having that information come out even at the time would have significantly altered the course of history Right, you it's a, it's a PR thing, it, like and looking it's a mor- back with it's hindsight. a morale thing that makes way more sense than it was the mob or it was the CIA or it was right. Uh, like now, it, if you want to talk about Martin Luther King Jr., sure, Malcolm I mean, yeah, Max, there's all sorts, yeah, any Black Panther related death, then we can fucking yeah. talk. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I legit I, feel like like how Lee Harvey Oswald got there. Anyone's fucking guess with Malcolm X, it does seem pretty likely that it was Nation of Islam that murdered him. Yeah, yeah. Like they really hated him at the end. Yeah, that's true. But like, I I also would not put it past the CIA. Yeah, we the shit that we know that they've actually done. Like, I guess we're getting a little off track. Yeah, we've we've kind of lost the Stanley Kubrick thread, but yeah. we can get back to it. Of course. Like the again, this that is my main point of contention with this is that all of it comes from comedy. Yeah, fake articles, fake documentaries are the genesis as far as anyone documenting it can tell it's either assumption or these two articles are the genesis of this theory and with as with most of the most outrageous conspiracy theories they all rely on this entering into the discussion with these preordained outcomes in mind right they are look like they're watching these movies looking for symbolism that could possibly with the right reading support this theory that they've already decided has evidence within the film to support it which is not how you look for things that is not how you examine art also it's the worst fucking way to watch a movie Oh, yeah. You're completely missing out on everything that makes these movies enjoyable to watch by focusing on all this bullshit. Yeah. And the like a lot of the the symbols they talk about are they're just things you see everywhere. Yeah. Like or, the sun or their symbols and then or their symbols and their specific symbols to whatever movie they're talking about. But then they make the extra leap of like. Yeah, this represents, uh, you know, uh, an abusive relationship and also how it relates to the Illuminati instead of just being like, yeah, no, this is, you know, the teddy bear represents childhood and whatever. Like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be fucking rocket. It's art. It's not like, yeah, it's not a textbook. And it's with Kubrick. There is such an industry built up around this idea. He has there's this whole idol like idolized by a certain segment of the population who idolize him as this right brain thinker, total logical fiend who analyzed everything and everything was on purpose. When in reality, he's just a guy who really liked art and like was really passionate about filmmaking and wanted to make really good movies and was a perfectionist. Like he's not, he, he's not alone in that among filmmakers. No, absolutely not. And yeah, he like the things that happen in his movies are extremely purposeful, but that doesn't mean they have some higher meaning besides how they support 
the art that they are a piece of. Right. Which he is very dedicated to, but he's not this super logic oriented filmmaker. He's so many of his movies, despite seeming cold and dispassionate are really about emotion and, uh, human react, human relationships and reactions to things. Uh, and which is one of the things that makes him such an engaging filmmaker. Why I love him so much is that there's, there's this vast depth to them even beyond, but like, there's not, that much there's not like this kind of depth that's not depth this is just an extension of a surface level reading of the film right taken off in these logical insane tangents that make no sense and like with the shining there's a whole there's a fucking documentary that's longer than the shining yeah this is longer than The Shining. Yeah. This is longer than every Kubrick movie except for Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Jesus I watched Christ. this entire two hour and 40 minute movie uh, and it is the exact same length as Eyes Wide Shut. That's <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's longer than 2001 A Space Odyssey. And so my next problem with this theory on top of at least this book, which seems to be the most recent iteration of this theory. Yeah. On top of not mentioning those sketchy origins of the theory, uh, it also, when he's making, when he's explaining why Kubrick would do this or like the evidence for why Kubrick, why these symbols you're seeing, I'm trying to think how to put this, why these symbols you see in the movies, because they're there. Sure, there are symbols. Like, it's a movie. You can't point at a movie and go, that's there, and then I watch it and go, no, it's not. Honestly, the most accurate uh, thing that this mo- movie and book say is that Stanley Kubrick is a filmmaker who used symbolism in his films. Right. And that a is- cult symbolism. Sure. Like also Led cult- Zeppelin was a band that employed yes. cult symbolism. They didn't do it because they fucking joined the yeah, Illuminati. It was cool. And it doesn't mean that every symbol in the fucking thing is a cult symbol. Right. Like, he's talking about, like, you know, at a scene where people are at a train on train tracks and there's two pillars and he's like and he goes off on this whole tangent about how there's these two pillars i'm like maybe it's just because there were two fucking pillars man yeah like jesus fucking christ there's pillars (laughs) dude everywhere so this is an actual like his his things are like you know he played chess sure stanley kubrick played chess so it stands to reason that he would spend most of his life and professional career uh, laying out the Illuminati conspiracy that has been laid out in several books over the decades that anyone interested could like, who the fuck is thinking someone's going to watch a clockwork orange and go, Holy shit. Is there an Illuminati? Like, wait, Oh, this, this woman that he's raping, does her black and white checkered floor mean the duality of man? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, those people probably existed in the 70s, and they're probably yeah. fucking annoying. Yeah, <laughs> they've always been annoying. This is a quote that I think kind of sums up my frustration with the book in general. Because if Stanley Kubrick did this, if he dedicated his entire career to exposing the Illuminati agenda, I want to know why. Notice he didn't talk about Barry Lyndon. Yeah, he doesn't talk <laughs> about Barry Lyndon, and I think... Barely brushes. He he mentions Full Metal Jacket once. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't know if there's any political symbols. I don't in, think uh, so. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, all he no, mentions no eagles or stars <laughs> or moons. All he mentions is that one character wears a peace sign button. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, deep. What's the symbolism of getting the shit beat out of you with 
socks filled with soap. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the brutality of man. <laughs> so this is an actual quote. It's kind of long, but uh, this is his summation of all of the evidence that Kubrick engaged in this before he dedicates the other hundred or so pages to the symbols. Uh, in conclusion, if we look at Kubrick's natural pension for intentional details, long-term slow play strategy, uh, parentheses because he played chess, uh, and being ahead of his time, we could see the structural foundation of this overarching conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that he was trying to reveal as the multifaceted approach of global domination of the Illuminati. His final film, Eyes Wide Shut, was arguably the straw that broke the camel's back. Rumors online claim that Warner Brothers heavily edited his final version before releasing it to the public. And theorists claim that he was revealing too much in the occult orgy scenes, so they took him out for this act of defiance. That sounds like it was written for children who believe conspiracy (laughs) theories. And we had a guy on... Uh, a, a while back named John Potash who wrote a fucking whopper of a book called drugs as weapons against us. And his overarching theory is that the CIA sells drugs and they kind of influence music to help sell those drugs. And when musicians start getting too leftist, they kill them. And what I'm saying here is completely independent of that because he brought up a thing that, has happened. It's not just him saying that this happened. And uh, what I'm referring to is the attempts to make a movie about Russell Poole's book, Labyrinth. Russell Poole is a former LAPD detective who wrote what is arguably the definitive book on that conspiracy theory. And his theory is that eh, the LAPD was kind of involved. Yeah. Uh, kind of up to heavily involved and three different times people have tried to make that book into a movie there were even trailers for one of them it was going to be a fucking johnny depp movie and every time those movies just never came out so if the fucking lapd has that kind (laughs) of influence on movies the illuminati could have stopped eyes wide shut you fucking clowns (laughs) like someone if this was if that's what was happening and the yeah the theory is that like their their argument is kubrick was killed for making eyes wide shut you would just kill him before yeah they had to off this uh like 78 year old man yeah under what circumstances (laughs) would you let him spend his entire life exposing your secrets and then wait until the final masterpiece of Illuminati expose. They would have killed him after Dr. Strangelove. They would, (laughs) they would have killed him. You wouldn't even been able to get to all the Illuminati stuff. Yeah, they would (laughs) have, they probably would have killed him after asking him to fake the moon landing. Yeah. And no, because who needs that witness around? Honestly, that makes sense. And it's not like killing a musician in the late 60s would have been hard. You could have sent the Manson family. You could have killed him. He with- lived in England. It would have been tough to send the Mansons in. <laughs> you could have sent the what if they did, Manson though? family with a U at I the would, end. Why didn't, why didn't Quentin Tarantino make that movie about, the, yeah. about the Mansons on their English trip? 
<laughs> Manson's in Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be a whole thing like National Lamp National Lampoon's Charles Manson. <laughs> oh my god. Charles Manson's family vacation. Uh yeah, there there's just so many fuck they just make so many leaps like that in this whole thing. There's a moment where he talks about David Proust, uh, who famously was the in, you know in suit actor for Darth Vader, yeah, uh, he w- appears in uh, A Clockwork Orange, and he's like, "Is this a uh, does this tie into the Illuminati themes in Star Wars?" And I'm like, "No, they sh- they both shot at Pinewood Studios in, in, in England. <laughs> they both they just use the same actors. Yeah, <laughs> this is how film works, man. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. hate to break it to you." But actors are in different movies. <laughs> what? I know. I know. Shocking. Maybe that's a conspiracy. But my other problem with this theory, and we're pages into the book. Oh, seven to ten pages. Literally, it is immediate that like, everything about this falls apart. Yeah, I hate when something opens with a super definitive statement that you can just immediately look at and go, nope, 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 absolutely that not. Is not what <laughs> happened. And one of the things that bothers me about this is the book goes from, okay, so the Illuminati, which there's also like a preface in the book that says Illuminati just means any secret organization that's working to influence, not necessarily the Bavarian Illuminati, which (sighs) allegedly ended in 1840. And it's like, okay. (laughs) And so now we're back to, well, it could have just been NASA. It could have been NASA. Sure. It could have been, but, yeah. but it goes from that to, okay, so after the Illuminati did this, he made it his life's work to not only alter a film that had presumably been written and was in the works for some time. Yeah, well, that's easy. Before that, yeah. That's nothing. To yeah. add in a bunch of scenes and dialogue and 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 images. Yeah, just in, make a different movie. In 1968, that's yeah. nothing. You just, just that, digitally replace it. We were getting to the moon by then. Uh, Why you know couldn't what? we make a movie about were it? Were we? Exactly. Yeah, that's these are the questions. We're just asking questions here, folks. <laughs> and what they don't mention is where did Stanley Kubrick get all of this knowledge of Illuminati <laughs> symbolism from being offered money to fake the moon landing yeah. where they did they come to him and were like look uh national emergency we might not be able to land need you to film some fake uh footage also illuminati yeah here's a pamphlet read it's 1800 pages and here's a copy of alistair crowley's uh, Moonchild. yeah and <laughs> if you could read up on all of this and just sprinkle it into every film you make except the ones you don't sprinkle it into oh, and you have to include it in this one that you are currently in post-production on right which is a insanely intense and laborious process here in 1968 right. but also this is all very hush hush yeah but don't Please say anything. don't say anything never say if anything. you do we will kill you eventually yeah in like uh 30 years yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what is happening uh just it's just pure it's so and and yeah and, and it just proceeds to to lay out then it just starts it just keeps going it it starts on that and then every piece of evidence is him starting at the base of does this have to do with the illuminati and if so how and the answer to the first question is always yes right and the answer to the second question is always some fucking basic 
teenage level film an- analysis that just scratches the surface and then just keeps snowballing. Yeah. And they, they t- at one point in the book, he mentioned something about you see similar sacrifice in other civilizations and then mentions the British government killing Princess Diana. Of course. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> like that's your go to for oh, this is the thing civilizations this do, is baby. A, this is a documented fact, like everything yeah, yeah. else that we're talking that, about. That it is in the historical record. Yeah. That the British government definitely killed, like, come on. Yeah, and he, he loves to go into his uh, talks about Luciferian uh, symbolism. That's one of the, yeah, let's talk about some of the, the symbolism <laughs> in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Because the, the idea he's pushing here is that Kubrick is warning us about an Illuminati, a transhuman Illuminati agenda, transhuman meaning humans and machines merge and become godlike. And as he's describing this uh, in the movie, he does play a clip from the Johnny Depp movie Transference. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That solid science fiction text. The documentary film (laughs) Transference. And it, he also brings up Ancient Aliens. Oh, yeah. He plays a whole clip from an Ancient Aliens episode. Because, it, yeah, it ties into, like, the New World. Like, this is a... We've been talking about the New World Order for a couple weeks now. Yeah. And this ties into sure, that yeah. also. I like, mean, that's the Illuminati all now. This uh, Kubrick theory is pushing the idea that Kubrick... Like, that's what Kubrick's warning us right. about. Is this illuminati new world order agenda that's gonna like yeah make us all one thing and there are multiple problems uh with this just on its face uh one being that 2001 uh, space odyssey is based on the novel by arthur c clark yeah uh and is not a work of fiction invented by stanley kubrick nope uh and all Much of- like the shining yes and <laughs> so much and much like clockwork orange uh just like and so much of the symbolism that he talks about is all from so there's this there's all of this stuff having to do with Saturn and how Saturn is this uh Illuminati symbol. Right. Uh but if you remember from the film Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, uh the events take place outside of Jupiter because Stanley Kubrick was like, Can't really do Saturn. They can't figure out the rings. Yeah. So we're doing Jupiter. Uh which sounds like the work of a guy who is really de- in depth trying to get across a specific thematic message with that imagery. <laughs> yeah. But and in the book, they're like, Oh, we yeah. couldn't. Well, but there you go. Like, so there's so much that he talks about with this Saturn imagery, none of which is in the film 2001 a space odyssey by Stanley Kubrick, which all comes from the book. But if the film is what he's saying contains all these Illuminati messages, this primary symbol that he won't stop talking about was changed by Kubrick. It's not in the movie because of Kubrick's decision. Yeah, there's another example that completely that's just like, well, then where's the where's the proof for any of this then? Like what if it if the only symbol that you've got here is something that was changed by Kubrick in the actual film then how is this Kubrick's code and not Arthur C Clarke's code they they bring up a similar thing with how yeah and they mention that how was supposed to be called Athena and that Athena is tied to owls and you see owls at Bohemian Grove baby mm. and it's like 
Yeah, but he changed it to Hal. Yeah. Where's Hal at Bohemian Grove? And then they were like, and you know, and some people say that it, uh, it's a reference to IBM uh, because it's each each yes. letter is is one is one removed. Uh, but Arthur C. Clarke said that there was no that that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but you know, and then that's how it always is. Whenever whenever yeah. they contradict one of these elements of the theory, they always go. But you know, who knows? And uh, like, if you're trying to be secret about it. The people you're trying to out would know. Yeah. Like, they're the one. Like, if anyone, this the guy, Illuminati. This thing's got Saturn all over it. Yeah. That's our thing. And they're the one. Like, according to this theory, they kind of see everything. They know everything. If, they're involved in everything. They would just, they would fucking stab Stanley Kubrick in the shower at the gym and, some morning. And that is really one of the fatal flaws of the entire Illuminati thing, which is... They are at once this all-seeing, all-powerful organization of elites and also are so inept that they can't shut down any of these theories that are exposing right. the truth about them. And couldn't catch the elusive Stanley Kubrick yeah, until he was in his late 70s. He definitely went all over the place outside of his giant English mansion. Yeah. He definitely wasn't a reckless. There's all the secret government images of him parkouring away from <laughs> secret agents in the streets of London. I mean, I would fucking watch that series. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Young Stanley Kubrick is like a secret oh, agent. That would be so good. Because if this is all true, like, like let's write that series yeah. stanley kubrick that, hiding from the illuminati he's got a great secret agent face oh you know, yeah with the eyebrows and the beard and he's like very intense guy he can blend into a lot of cultures it'd be great i love oh, yeah i love stanley kubrick he's that's my main like the whole thing about watching this movie is a very strange experience because i want to say i have some major beefs with just technical aspects of this documentary where uh i would say a good 80% to 90% of this movie is uh, clips of media from Stanley Kubrick movies to Ancient Aliens right. to all of these other things. And every single clip is in a different aspect ratio, <laughs> a different resolution, a different audio quality. Like there are moments where he'll be doing his narration and then he'll cut, like he'll tell you what you're about to watch in a clip and then he'll cut to the clip and the audio in the clip is so low that you would have to completely crank your volume all the way up in order to hear it. And then you know you're going to get And then you'll get, you'll get blasted by the narration again because it doesn't change. It's, <laughs> it is the most sloppily made thing. And then the narration itself just sounds like he sat in front of his computer for three hours and just recorded this thing straight through uh, and did not edit it at all. Yeah. There's a moment where the narration makes a factual error and uh, instead of editing that out, like you would do for a documentary that you are selling for money. Who oh, is he, Stanley Cooper? <laughs> is he supposed to do edit? Yeah, he's, he's not a perfectionist. <laughs> uh, so instead, uh, instead of removing the factual error from the narration, he uh, puts up a text uh, correction on the screen over the picture that is accompanying the narration that includes the words, my bad. Wow. <laughs> Uh, there are so many there's another moment where he's talking about i wonder if that happens in the audio book <laughs> i would love to know uh there's moments where I, that's where i was wondering about the book is like is there are, does he like cross out sections and say no 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 wait my bad my bad uh there's a moment where he's talking about a, a line of dialogue in a clockwork orange that 
Alex is saying, and he says, uh, he says this to Pete or Georgie. I don't know. I can't remember. And I'm like, edit it. Look it up and edit it. Yeah. And, and, and go back in and, and add in what, who he's saying it to. You are the master of this domain. Yes. You, you can, you can alter the narrative how you see fit. <laughs> uh, you, you can. That's how documentaries work. Yeah. Like you can just go in and edit out where you fucked up and add it in the right thing. You don't have to do this all in one take. It's really, it's an astounding thing to watch. It's, it's one of the worst things I've ever watched that isn't just hate speech. And I do kind of wonder, especially going back to the part about leaving out uh, that uh, these other people who have pushed this theory were citing a comedy yeah. article. What was their theory? And are they credited? Are they the ones who found these symbols? Yeah. <laughs> like, is Where did there, he learn this Is stuff? there also some ancient internet article right. where fucking Clyde Lewis laid all this out? And this guy's just like, well, that's the whole because that's a, this guy puts out so much content. It's insane. I went to his website. It's it is and like a man like this guy should be on a watch list. Somewhere. Like people say we put out a lot of content and for a podcast network, we really don't. Yeah. Like we put out like 10 episodes a week. There's like fucking all things. Comedy has like 50 some shows. Right. Yeah. On its network. Like we're relatively small. This dude is literally one fucking person. Yeah. And he is cranking out the texts. And in this case, this feels like in podcasts also. Yeah. And I'm just saying it feels like this is probably detective work. The internet did at some point already. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole th all conspiracy media is just that is just yeah. regurgitating. Like that's what conspiracy theorists as a brand like thrive on is just like this guy said this and, or someone said this, it's never a specific person. It's always some people say, or someone said, or this and this Yeah, there. That's what, like, I, I think that's what people expect from conspiracy media is no, no first person evidence seeking. It's always secondhand at yeah. least. And so some of the other symbols, one of the symbols they talk about is the moon. Yeah. It's a well, space movie, man. I don't know. It's going to be the moon in it. You're going to want a little moon in your space movie. But do you? What if that's all? What if every If movie... you're trying to uh, alert <laughs> the world to an Illuminati agenda. Yeah. yeah obviously. What if every movie that includes the moon in it is uh, about the Illuminati? Well, the Illuminati did figure out the the like they decided how far the uh, moon is from the Earth and how okay. far the sun is from the Earth. Right, right, right. And that's why all of their symbols and all of their numerology yeah. is related to those distances. Okay, and not the other way around. No, that makes we sense. We definitely didn't scientifically figure that out a uh, long, long, long Man. time before the Illuminati well, was. Founded in like 1797. You've which answered is my question. Like so. the fucking 1995 <laughs> of old times. It's not that long ago. All the shit they base their symbols on, people have been basing their symbols yeah. on in civilizations and groups for eternity. Yeah. Humans love symbols. You're going to see an all-seeing eye or two yeah. in your travels throughout the world. I did love one of my favorite things that he talks about uh, is how on the Clockwork Orange poster, it's like the tr he's inside the triangle and then there's the other triangle 
and uh, there's the the eye that's on his sleeve rests at the pinnacle of the triangle. Oh, sure. Except it doesn't. <laughs> it rests to the side of the pinnacle of the triangle, <laughs> which, as far as I'm aware, is not an Illuminati you say symbol. Pinnacle, I say pinnacle. He's, it's just this it, again. It's this so sloppy logic of just like, well, I mean, but look, it's yeah, close. It's fucking it's there. Pretty close. There. It is. Next to the top of a triangle, which I mean, it can't get much clearer than that. And it like, and I get it. Like I've, I have the, my, my Ace of Base theory. Sure. That yeah. Ace of Base was a Nazi band. And I feel like some of the evidence there is pretty fucking concrete. Yeah. And then there's some where like I could make the argument, but do I want to, <laughs> do I want to be like, look, a blue flower. There's this fucking fascist group in the Netherlands that uses blue flowers. It's like, all right. Yeah. You're trying to pad out your book now or something. I mean, yeah. Basically. And it's like that, like these are all leaps yeah. and they're all like all of these symbols have been used in so many other situations and have so many other meanings that relate to the story being told more than the Illuminati right. relates to none of these movies. And it, should, it is important to be said in case people ha maybe aren't aware of uh, Kubrick's filmography. Uh, none of these movies, with the exception of one, has anything to do with the Illuminati at all, period, right. on a textual level. They are about a spaceman and a bad boy and a, a really bad man who beats his family. Yeah. And... That's it. That's what those are about. Uh, and Eyes Wide Shut is about mostly about a marriage and mostly about this this terrible relationship that falls apart. Right. But def it does definitely deal with secret societies of elites who meet and do depraved things in secret, which, sure, that is Illuminati-esque. I will give you that. I think that's yeah. intended. But... It's amazing how much more time they, he spends on the things that don't have anything to do with. And we're, you know, all of these symbols have other meanings within the text. Yeah, we we've been uh, doing episode recaps of ancient aliens. Yeah, we're we're st I think I still want to have you do one. I'm, I'm down. I've, I'm kind of dedicated to uh, getting through all 14 seasons. <sighs> But also, it's the same sort of thing where as soon as I started looking into it, uh, there was one thing where I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And with Ancient Aliens, it was this like creeping realization that this is kind of some white supremacist it's shit. Absolutely racist. It's what it's doing. Like, in the case of Ancient Aliens itself, I, I feel like they're trying to put a conspiracy theory stink on the eastern version of these civilizations histories and right. cultures because a lot of what ancient aliens does is they present the ver a version of history that doesn't necessarily correspond with western historians right but like we know how history has worked like our textbooks we read in school omitted a lot of black history yeah and why by accident? Mm. Like, was that just, uh, oh, sorry, oversight. Oh, we forgot. We forgot a lot of black people did things. Yeah. And, like, we know the people in charge of teaching us history have had an active role in kind of 
not being genuine about that history. Absolutely. And what something like Ancient Aliens does is it like, if you start looking into that history, you're going to hit this ancient alien theory where it's like, all right, well, you're just trying to discredit another civilization. But also when I had that thought on that first episode, I was like, I'm going to look into that a little bit more. And that night I Google ancient aliens, white supremacy. And the first fucking thing that comes up is uh, a very little mentioned aspect of ancient aliens theory, which is the white gods theory, Yeah, which is that these extraterrestrial visitors weren't, just extraterrestrial visitors they were noble omniscient white people who Mm. came down and gave every ancient civilization the tools they needed to build and succeed and it's like fuck you yeah absolutely i know what you're trying to do yeah like that is like you look at the financial disclosures on that study it's gonna say this doctor is funded by white supremacy yeah, I I would say it, that's it's essentially racist at its core, uh, and it is also based on these same leaps in logic that apply fictional uh, beliefs to uh, things that sound on the surface logical. Which, when you think about it for one second, like like I said, they did play an extended clip of ancient aliens in this movie. They sure towards did. the very beginning, which is my first prolonged exposure to the ancient aliens uh, TV show. Um, and it's, it, it was exactly like I w- thought it would be. I didn't expect it. Like I did a podcast about Nirvana. Yeah. And I went in feeling one way about Kurt Cobain and came out feeling a very different way. Yeah. Like I still love the music, but Kurt Cobain was a fucking sketchy character. Sure. In a lot of ways. And I didn't expect ancient aliens to be that. Like the first time I watched Ancient Aliens, that part didn't really register with me. So I was just like, man, this is pretty yeah. interesting. And now it's like 2019 and uh, fucking watching it now. I'm like, I get what you're doing. Sure. I get what you're fucking doing and well, I don't like it. And I just mean on like a technical level, like it, I watched a bunch of like sci fi channel and stuff, like basic cable stuff and uh, the nonfiction things. They all have all the nonfiction basic cable stuff, all has this kind of same vibe to it especially from like the mid 2000s and it was very much that for this ancient aliens and they were making like the clip that they included was talking about uh could humankind be uh, have evolved from aliens and will we be are we evolving to look like the gray aliens and i'm like well we don't know what the aliens look like uh so probably right it's, it's kind of tough to make that call man <laughs> we don't yeah. we have no clue what aliens look like uh and even if they are gray aliens like our description we don't know what that means what, or like what that in inco- like we don't know if, how accurate sketches are even if they did see an alien and do you know how fucking long that would take anyway so I don't long. give a shit yeah well and also man we also really look like apes yeah i wonder why yeah weird yeah it's crazy how we just look like monkeys yeah uh i feel like if i had longer arms i could walk a completely different way oh absolutely and like you know it just seems like maybe that's a little bit of an easier leap to make (laughs) that then yeah this hypothetical species we are related to looks like us and we are evolving to look like them yeah it it, it's uh, this is just another theory that i don't I don't fucking trust the motives here. Oh, like no. it, it, I, I don't like 
associating all of these symbols that are so ubiquitous, yeah. like like the, the all-seeing eye, the sun, the sure. moon. Yeah, the moon. The sun and the moon. Oh, those Illuminati symbols yeah, and you see that, that don't have any other meaning. And this book is like, well, I mean this for people to look into these things further. It's like you look into it further yeah, and point the- out that, hey, you know who else uses the moon <laughs> in their symbology? everybody literally everyone like even the united states i'm sure has military patches with the fucking moon sure we landed on the moon yeah i mean supposedly just just asking questions uh i'm trying to think what uh, so he so part one of this movie was all it was titled 2001 a space odyssey and he talked about 2001 a clockwork orange eyes wide shut in the shining then part two was just called the shining and then part three was called eyes wide shut why even divide it i honestly don't know it seems pointless also the the parts got progressively shorter as the movie went on which is ironic because the shining has its own like yeah two to three hour documentary about all the different theories and all the stuff from the shining is just like even by the standards of this theory total garbage yeah because it's, it's sh- stuff like oh danny torrance had the fucking apollo 11 t-shirt on it's like so what yeah he's a kid in the 70s yeah fucking, like what does that there's mean? this whole like there's at least 10 minutes that he spends on food that you see in the background of one shot when they're in uh the hotel pantry and i just couldn't believe that this hotel pantry would have all this food in it. That was yeah, just shocking. That all is of this food from the 70s that has questionable labels really on it. Really surprising. Who could yeah. have thought that this movie from the 70s that's set in a hotel pantry and has a pantry in it would include so many different foods? Like, so much of... There's one moment where he's talking about... Uh, he loves to talk about the Luciferian androgyny symbolism which is just straight up transphobia just pure transphobia and there's one moment where he's talking about uh wendy carlos who was the composer for uh both clockwork orange and uh the shining and she later transitioned in in life and was a very an early like public out trans person yeah and he go and at one point he he says now uh, i'm not saying that uh that she that this happened because of uh, occult ideology, but but and then just kind of left it hanging. I'm like, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> like seriously, fuck you. And if it <laughs> if it hasn't already happened, I feel like that's where a lot of uh where a lot of this transhuman agenda stuff is going. Oh, I yeah. feel like at some point he's he's gonna be like, well, you know trans people that's just the government trying to soften you up i'm absolutely positive that that's already a thing that he talks about because he's got this one of the pictures that i found of him online and which led me to his website uh is him talking about uh drag performers at the vmas and uh what illuminati agenda that is uh but also regarding the, the luciferian androgyny in uh Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. There's a moment where he talks about, and you know, in the bathroom here, you have uh, two two sinks, uh, um, a men's sink and a woman's sink, and then you have the uh, the male toilet and the female bidet. Mm. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely, sure, dude. The female <laughs> bidet. Yes, like, Jesus. I think he thinks that women pee like just use bidets. <laughs> it's as, a urinal as for women. Yeah. Exactly. 
Uh, wow. <laughs> that was the impression that I got from what he was saying Please there. Please don't pee in bidets. That would be horrifying yeah. for the person who uses it correctly. <laughs> Definitely but, don't shit in them. Uh, just... It, it's full of that kind of thing. Yeah, and he talks about how the the monolith stone from right. which is a pretty important aspect of the movie. Uh it's made from lucite. Yeah. And this is an actual quote. The monolith stone from 2001 was made from lucite, a patented form of plexiglass. I'd like to go out on a limb and <laughs> toss out the idea that this closely resembles the name of Lucifer. The light bearer. Of course. Lucifer is the evil presence who provides the sin that lures mankind into violent behaviors like the apes, drawing (laughs) the analogous nature of the stone with Lucifer himself. Yeah, but also Lucite was in so many movie sets of that nature uh, at the time because it looks cool. Yeah, it's black. Yeah, it's black and it's shiny and, it's and shiny. neat. And, and that big slab looks imposing and alien when it's imposed against uh, primitive uh, beings. And probably a lot easier to construct for a movie than, I don't know, a solid piece of granite. Yeah, or I think a, in the original book it's like clear is the idea Yeah, with things inside. I don't know. I haven't read the original 2001 book. Uh, yeah, he's obsessed with Lucifer. At some point, he's like, uh, I can't even remember what he's talking about at this point, but he says, you know, some people think that means uh, Lucifer, uh, and others say it means nothing at all, which goes into the whole Lucifer thing if you, uh, you know, so how do you tell? <laughs> yeah, how would you, take, how do you know? Take that how you will. Uh, it's absolutely, uh, he, this guy is just a fucking moron. I really, that's my main conclusion from this entire thing is this guy is a total idiot who just, has got this idea in his head and is doing everything he can to back it up. And it never makes any sense. That's the thing. I don't think he believes this and I don't think he has, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, it comes off to me like someone who doesn't believe it, but is too scared of what his audience would think if he said that. Right. So he's just like, I'm just, I'm just presenting it just asking as the facts are. And it's like, well, a lot of this has probably already been presented. We don't necessarily yeah. need that. But also, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't trust it. No, I don't trust it at all. Also, I, I do, I did want to talk a little bit about Eyes Wide Shut, which is like, it's what he's, they're saying is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. That's the one where the Illuminati is like, nah, man, nah, man, you've gone way too far. We got it. We got it in this. Uh, and one of the one of the things in this in this, this is the text. This is the one where he's like, this is it. This is this is where he revealed too much. Uh, he talks multiple times about Nicole Kidman's possible premonition abilities in the film because he because Tom Cruise can't find his wallet in one scene. And she knows that she should look by the bedside table. OK. Yeah, that's definitely psychic. Yeah, that. And not just a wife knowing about what her husband would do in that scene. Yeah, that like, that's pretty clear evidence that Nicole Kidman was psychic in that oh, movie. And then my favorite moment about uh, Eyes Wide Shut is uh, during the party scene. Uh, he uh, one of the many orgy parties. He's talking about uh, 
an example of reptilian shape-shifting in the film. Uh-oh. This seems, oh, man, I can't wait to see what the evidence for this is. And he says, in one shot, there's this woman walking with this guy who's got this scarlet red dress. Does the scarlet mean anything? Who knows? I don't know. I'm just asking You never know, yeah. You know, you know, that could be relating to the Whore of Babylon or whatever. But, sure. uh, you know, in one shot, there's this woman in the red dress. In another shot, she seems to have turned into a completely different person what that is continuity error in a movie i know i that couldn't possibly be a continuity error Mm -hmm. it's much too purposeful it definitely isn't just they were filming this fucking party yeah and and they didn't have the exact right people in the same spot so you mean two women both wore the same color dress to that party and no one's let it slip for this long (laughs) Uh, so that's their big, uh, that's, that's a, one of the big things in this straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. This like this guy's, air. this guy's trolling conspiracy <sighs> theorists. I, but like, I don't know, man. I, I, it, he seems like he could believe it. Who knows? It's just, mm. it's just, there's so much that is just catastrophically stupid. It's just, yeah. In this that's the thing. thing I got, like I said, I wanted to do. An episode about every movie. So I was like, I'm just going to. There's not enough. Yeah, there's not enough. And it's not like. Even he ran out of stuff to talk about once he got past. It's not compelling. 2001. And like the Clockwork Orange stuff didn't make any sense. I couldn't make heads or tails of what he was trying to say the imagery in Clockwork Orange meant. Uh, I think it had something to do with MK Ultra mind or like control, mind control yeah. stuff. But Which again, not an Illuminati thing. Not an Illuminati thing. It's a U.S. government thing. Well, I mean, unless you're using the broadest possible like definition of Illuminati, I guess. Well, and he is, and he is, yeah, but yeah, like, and it. He could be talking about. I, I, there's just no evidence. Like, there's no evidence. I just keep breaking down when it comes to this. Cause I, you know, again, you know, I like these movies. They're good movies and they are insanely deep and so rich with meaning. You can, it's so fun to dive into a Kubrick movie and really think about aliens what- <laughs> who helped guide our history. Exactly. And the Illuminati. No, but it's just like fucking the things that he's talking about in this movie and the symbols that he does actually use are so rich and so interesting. And I love to think about them and I would love to watch these movies. Yeah. And this is like trying its absolute best to ruin these movies, (laughs) like from an intellectual standpoint and make them seem so simple and basic. Right. Like this is all like, you would think a conspiracy theory would be adding complexity to a subject, whereas there's no complexity here. This is all just everything means the Illuminati. That's it. That's all it is. This thing that you thought meant something else, it means the Illuminati. This other thing, it means the Illuminati. Jack Nicholson being in this movie, Illuminati. Like I'm telling you, the Illuminati is a brand. The Illuminati is fucking supreme. Like, they are a fucking label the government puts on shit so they can get away with whatever the fuck they want. And the people who would actually maybe look into it just go, the Illuminati. And it's like, no, it's just the it's just our government is doing bad things. But I don't think even that is like what's going on here. (laughs) This is just 
this is just a person with some sort of undiagnosed obsessive disorder uh, who I, I, I think he's just motivated by wanting to make money. But like there are easier ways to make money on this stuff yeah. than writing a whole ass book and doing a four, <laughs> three hour movie. Like, yeah, there's way easier ways, man. You could char- you could probably charge the same amount for an hour long movie. That's true. This is what I'm saying. Like, it takes some sort of strange compulsion to make you do a three hour, three hours <laughs> That's of bullshit. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, say, like, I'll, you know, I've said plenty about this guy, but he definitely has an encyclopedic knowledge of dumb shit that doesn't exist. Like, he absolutely knows back and forth all of the fake symbols and shit that he is reading into this movie. Right. Like, he has done the research, even if it's from bad sources. But <laughs> even then, like, a lot of the... That's that's part of what I'm getting at. The symbols... Like, I read an article once that uh, put forth the idea that the way to win on Jeopardy, uh, when you're doing the, the research ahead of time... Right. You don't have to know everything about every field. You have to know the basics right. about as many fields as you can. And like it feels like like it feels like that. Like yeah. it's just like the basics and he wants to I don't know, be the guy who compiles the basics and is like but again, there's so many other sources for that. That's all that conspiracy theories are. Yeah. Is compiling the basics and putting everything into some sort of order. Like, it really is. I, I'm surprised that this thing has made money. I don't know how much money he's made off of this. Who knows? There's no way he's releasing those numbers. He was on but Dave like, Navarro's podcast. <sighs> I've never been on Dave Navarro's podcast. Can I, like. I'll get a tattoo if I Dave Navarro like, has me on his conspiracy theory podcast you know i've seen dave navarro play music live and i will say i think they both put the same amount of effort into the quality of (laughs) of their work as as uh as each other because dave navarro i saw them i saw him play with during with jane's addiction and uh it was the laziest guitar playing i've ever seen in my entire life yeah i don't think i've ever seen dave navarro live it was so bad but just a guy listlessly like Staring off into the middle distance, like probably fucking high. Probably, yeah. I (laughs) sure. Who knows? I'm sure he's matured by then. Is that his guitar playing was as sloppy as the editing and narration on that fucking movie I watched? (laughs) Maybe that's why he had the guy on the podcast. And like, yeah, I feel like I don't know if he was just doing it for money. It could be better. Like, it would be more interesting to watch. It wouldn't just be catering to the hardcore conspiracy crowd. It yeah. would be like that shitty Room 237 documentary, which I did not like. I didn't either. A, I turned it off. I tried to watch it, it a is, few months or maybe like last year or something, yeah, and I didn't get that far into it. It's almost as stupid as this, but the thing that it has is it, it also talks to other people besides conspiracy theorists. So, you know, and it's got a stylistic thing going for it, but this is like shittier Room 237, but with other stuff. Yeah, and the... Like the the thing about him having like this encyclopedic knowledge, like what I was getting at with the Jeopardy thing is like he only has to know the real basics of Illuminati stuff and then you're going to see it everywhere. Sure. Yeah. 
Because it's stuff like triangles yeah. and right angles Absolutely. and five-pointed stars. Yeah, I can't believe the and symmetrical. eagles and eyes. And it's like, come on. I think, and I do think that Kubrick appeals to these people because his movies are so perfectly composed and are obsessed with right angles and with, yeah. with symmetry, which plays into the, like, they're all obsessed with dualism and symmetry and shit with all of these symbols. And yeah, his movies have... A, you can see that stuff because he was a like photographer who was obsessed with framing things. Right. That was his whole deal. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, uh, no, I think this is, this has been interesting. We'll, we'll do, we'll do a theory that I believe again soon. I'm it sure. Was, this is definitely one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever sat through. For and listen, three hours. if you're, if you're home listening to this angry, that I missed all the really compelling evidence that Stanley Kubrick filmed moon landing footage. Yeah. Fucking hit me up. Uh, I don't know. Email me through the website. Sure. I guess that's all I'm comfortable with these days. Don't fucking tweet at me. Don't, 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 don't talk to me about any of this. <laughs> don't tag me in your Instagram story. Oh no. Uh, I won't watch, uh, but email me through the Unpops website. And, uh, if there's something I'm missing, about are you out there isaac wise hopped that was his last name right i don't know i is isaac something isaac wise something if you're out there listening and i'm just missing the compelling part of the evidence that stanley kubrick just did film fake moon landing footage i'm open to hearing it the illuminati shit is nonsense i, I, I honestly don't know what he could say that he didn't already cover in his Again, that's the thing like two hour and 40 minute movie. yeah he's had ample opportunity to- and a whole ass book and an audiobook right so i mean if that isn't the ex- exhaustive chronicling of <laughs> everything that supports this theory then again and i've asked this so many times while i was watching this what was the point yes if it's not going to be if you're not making an effort to make it seem professional, if you're not making an effort to make it seem uh, completely airtight factually by not, say, including mistakes in the narration, like, if you're not going through these effort, then why even fucking do it? Like, right. And I think that we could... That's always a good question to ask about any conspiracy theory also. Yeah. Is what is the point and we mentioned too earlier that i think you can answer what was the point and there was a fucking outcome that was achieved which would be uh if there was a cover-up of saudi involvement in 9-11 we know what the point would be it would be to protect our allies exactly uh and also like like we know what the point would be and we know the outcome is that yeah We've never implicated Saudi Arabia in doing that. And with the JFK thing, we would know what the outcome was, is that history just decided Lee Harvey Oswald did it. And why? Because the government wanted to cover it up. What's the fucking point of this Stanley Kubrick thing? I mean, it's literally like, especially the Illuminati stuff, which is just like. Like, yeah, what is he trying? Like, who was supposed to see this and yeah, who is he trying to, to convince? Is it supposed to light a spark in someone to go take down the Illuminati? If these are supposed to be warnings, then why weren't they clearer in the text instead of being symbols that some lunatic has to dig through to to apply meaning to? Right. In order to make this theory make sense. 
And why would they wait until he was 78 to kill him? Who if knows? that's what he's been doing his I entire mean, life. Jesus, guys. Like, it's I, really, I, yeah, uh, a very depressing theory. And if you are a person like me who enjoys film and enjoys the films of Stanley Kubrick, it is one of the most frustrating uh, experiences to yeah. sit through because you're j- I just kept screaming at the screen like, no, it does it, this does, this has nothing to do with any. This is not what this means. Right. Like, it's so frustrating. But it could. No, probably probably not I, even that. I got so sick of his fucking phrasing by the end of that thing. Because it is literally, again, and not to harp on it, but, like, it is just, I don't know, maybe. That's what I'm saying. He presents this in a way that he, like, doesn't want to take responsibility. If you're making money off of it, just fucking say it declaratively. Yeah, and don't call yourself, like, his website is called The Illuminati Watcher. Yeah. Like, you are. The Illuminati Speculator. <laughs> So that's the Stanley Kubrick conspiracy. <laughs> sure is. Uh, episode one of one. <laughs> I, think. I, don't, I can't picture going any deeper. <laughs> like, I can't even think of anything else that would be worth talking about. For yeah. This. I'm not going to watch <laughs> The Shining, one of my favorite films for the 20,000th time, yeah. except this time looking for reasons why it sucks. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I just I can't again. Just the worst way to watch these movies. <laughs> yeah, there's so you much. Have a notepad out. You there's so much in the bunch. Shining. There's so much. The Shining's so fucking good. It's a great movie, and that's the thing. Don't in any way take this as an indictment oh, of absolutely. the films of Stanley Kubrick. No, he, watch them all. He's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Yeah. Like. He has been his legacy has been co-opted by not just this guy, but like a bunch of the shittiest people in the world right now, like the kind of intellectual dark web types who have kind of tried to claim him as one of their own, as one of these logical right brain thinkers who's like, I, you know, he's cold and hard and focused on facts and like. No, man, his movies are so emotional. Yeah. And like he they're presented in this uh very matter of fact way, but the whole idea is that they're it, that's contrasting with the emotions going on. It's it's he's so much deeper than what these people are trying to make him into. Yeah. And definitely don't you don't hold any asshole's opinion of Stanley Kubrick against him. Right. Uh, he was a great filmmaker. And that, and even then, I feel like the the theory isn't necessarily presenting Kubrick as a bad guy. They're no. like presenting him as this, but they're presenting him as a crusader of truth who was trying to let us know about the Illuminati. And it's but like, at oh. the same time, they are though simplifying him as a person into this purely yeah. like black and white. Like I'm just making movies about the Illuminati. I don't know about what you guys are talking about. And whereas right. he just had so much more going on. He was such a more interesting person than anything that this movie or this book would lead you to believe. That he was. Watch uh, watch his movies. Watch watch 2001. It's great. It's a great movie. It really is super engaging and super interesting to watch. That was I did want to say he he talks multiple times about when when he's talking about how he's like how could Stanley Kubrick have envisioned uh, humanity uh, coming to rely so much on technology and uh, creating these super advanced computers? I'm like I don't know, man. 
Maybe he saw human history leading up to the 60s. Maybe he's writing a or directing a work of science fiction. Yeah. Maybe, and that was a theme in all fucking science fiction yeah, maybe forever. He, maybe he grew up in a world post-nuclear bomb attacks. Yeah. <laughs> which altered the conception of reality at the time. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Science fiction has been fucking with these themes yeah. forever. And also, and again, and it should not be, it can't be overstated. The three main texts, the three main movies that they uh, talk about, that he talks about in this book and, and documentary are based on novels written by different people. Right. And Stanley Kubrick adapted these things. So the, any sort of symbology, for the most part, like even though The Shining is very different from the Stephen King book, like they're still taking like so much of the stuff is from the book that they are talking about. Right. It's like, well, no, that's just like the book and the movie. They're different, but yeah. like the endings are radically different. Yes. But there are a lot of similarities as well. It is an, It is definitely an adaptation of the novel. Right. So like. You know, and same with The Clockwork Orange, which is very much an adaptation of the Anthony Burgess book. And, you know, you can't discount but Jack Nicholson was reading a Playgirl <laughs> in the lobby. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Playgirl thing. They, they means... have no idea what he's trying. They're trying to say about Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining. No. At all. Yeah. There's just all sorts of there's throwing shit at the wall. And just read the book. Read the book. It's a good book. Yeah, read the book. You'll get an idea what Jack Nicholson's character in that movie is. <laughs> yeah. He's not a good dude. You know, he's a shitty guy. He's actually portrayed kind of favorably in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you want to lay, like, one of the criticisms that you could level at The Shining movie is that he is insane from frame one of that film. He is a yeah. crazy person. And instead of starting out as a relatively normal guy with problems who then devolves into madness right i could get it that's a whole other whole other thing but like yeah and then same with you know and with 2001 like all of the imagery that they're talking about comes from the arthur c clark book it's not a stanley kubrick invention invention yeah so what's the point here why why kubrick he's not saying this is real he's just saying you should he's just asking it further just asking questions i'm just telling you the evidence to look for in the movie it's just telling you there's an eyeball in a clockwork orange. Yeah, it's close to a triangle. Right. <laughs> All right. So this is a long ep. This was a shockingly long yeah. episode. Uh, there's a lot to get to. Yeah. Uh, we'll be releasing this as an ebook, as a video, as uh, a four-hour podcast. This is just the preview. Yeah, we got to block out a time to do all of the narration for the movie. Yeah, we're going to do it all in one film. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get real tired by the end. Honestly, <laughs> you might as well just use this as the narration. Yeah, that's true. I'll just put video over it. There you go. We're going to sell That'd it. That'd be about as much effort as he puts it's into It's going to be called Debunking the Kubrick Code. <laughs> And it's going to be the second search result. Yeah, that'd be good. That's actually not a terrible idea. No, but uh, that's our episode for now. This one wore me out. It's it's exhausting. Yeah, to think like this. Uh, subscribe to uh, patreon.com slash unpops to get bonus conspiracy theory stuff. We're going to be recapping ancient aliens. Might do some interview type bonus episodes. Cool. Uh, maybe interview some aliens. Oh, that would possible. be yeah. what a get. Yeah, that would be that would be a get. Yeah, I bet you could get some Patreon subscribers <laughs> out of that. Uh, and uh, follow me on Instagram. I guess I'll probably. I'm so fucking tired of social media. Me too. 
But I'm on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. Fucking ugh. <laughs> ugh. We need to take it back to the days of websites and message boards uh, where that, we all hung out in our own little fucking clicks. And you had to know HTML. Yep. <laughs> Burn it down, but just to that point. Yeah. Burn it down to like, yeah, 2006. Sure. In terms of internet progress, yeah. not like no. everything else. No, I would certainly not like to go back to 2006. Yeah. Well, knowing what we know now. No, still. Maybe we don't air the Celebrity Apprentice. Hey, there you go. That would be, <laughs> if we could, yeah, that's like, that's the new uh, Kill Baby Hitler thing. Yeah. Is go back in time and stop the Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, All right. Should we get out of here? Uh, Sure. Do you have anything to plug? Just my podcast. Lowest what Comment is it? Ph- it's called Lowest Common Phenominator. It's on the Unbobs Network. We're talking about the top 10 highest grossing films of the year. Every year, starting in 1975, uh, the birth of the blockbuster. Uh, it's very fun. I host it with Vanessa Gritton. And you can find me, you can find the podcast on social media at Locom Phenom. And you can find me on Twitter only at Hi There, Hi Dar. Very nice. All right. Let us get the fuck out of yeah. here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 